0: Welcome to Pursuit Church Podcast, where we give those far from God the opportunity to pursue Christ. We are so glad you are here, and wherever you're listening from, we believe God has a word for you through today's message. Welcome everyone to Pursuit. We're so very happy. That you can join us today in our service. Thank you so much for leading us into worship. What a wonderful job that they did this morning. I can't wait to go back online and watch it again. That's how good they do. (laughs) Hallelujah, Jesus. Before you're seated, I want to read from the book of Hebrews, chapter 3, uh, starting with verse 7. Hebrews chapter 3, verse 7 through 15. It says, and I'm reading from the NLT. You can read from whatever version. It's just a little easier with these set of verses. So it says, that is why the Holy Spirit says, today when you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts as Israel did when they rebelled, when they tested me in the wilderness. There your ancestors tested and tried my patience, even though they saw my miracles for 40 years. So I was angry with them, and I said their hearts are always turned away from me. They refuse to do what I tell them. So in my anger, I took an oath. They will never enter my place of rest. Be careful then, dear brothers and sisters. Make sure that your hearts are not evil and unbelieving, turning you away from the living God. You must warn each other every day while it is still today so that none of you will be deceived by sin and hardened against God. For if we are faithful to the end, trusting God just as firmly as when we first believed, we will share in all that belongs to Christ. Remember what it says. Today, when you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts, as Israel did when they rebelled. This morning, I want to speak on, if not now, when. You may be seated this morning. The word that I want to focus in on is that word today. The writer of Hebrews said, Today, when you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts. You must warn each other every day while it is still today, so that none of you will be deceived by sin and hardened against God today. The key word is today. What we have is today. All we have is today. And so the only thing that matters right now is today. What are we going to do today? Ronald Reagan said, if not us, who? And if not now, when? Theodore Roosevelt said, do something now. If not you, who? If not here, where? If not now, when? Now, when somebody asks the question, if not now, when, there is this sense of urgency behind it. There is a sense of importance attached to it. The person that asks this type of question does not do so just to create conversation or to fill up time. But when somebody asks such a question, it is because they must know the answer, because the answer is important, and the answer to the question is urgent. And so when men such as Reagan or Roosevelt asked this type of question, they did not do so distractedly or Casually or carelessly. No, they asked the question because the thing that the question was in regards to was of utmost importance. The question is pertained to something of extreme importance. And man does not ask such an urgent question because he believes he has time to contemplate or that he has time to continue weighing his options. But rather, man asks such a question because he understands that he does not have much time left. He understands that his time is limited. His door of opportunity is very narrow. His chance to act is very short. And because he understands this, it leads him to ask the question, if not now, then when? If not here, then where? If not me, then who this morning there are some things that we must understand the first thing that that we must understand is is that we don't have unlimited time unlimited time is not something that we have and the reason the writer of hebrews does not focus on tomorrow but rather today is because he understands his time is limited Today is what matters because time is limited. Time will run out. Time will end. Time will not go on forever. We do not have much time. And so if there's something you want to achieve, you better do it now. If there's something you want to see, you better go and see it now. If there's something you want to have, you better go after it now. If there is a desire within your heart, you better make plans to make it happen now. For time is limited. Time will run out. The Christian must understand that their time is short. There are only so many more hours left to pray. Church, there are only so many more opportunities we have left to go to our knees there are only so many more times that we will be able to lay ourselves on the altar there are only so many more times that we will be able to pray for our lost loved ones there are only so many more times that we will be able to close our closet and shut everything off and intercede for our lost and broken world there are only so many more times that we will be able to seek after the mercy and the forgiveness of God and so I ask the church I ask the believer if not now then when if not here then where if not us then who if I'm not going to change today then when am I going to change if I am not going to commit today then when am I going to commit If I am not going to pray today, then when am I going to pray? If I am not going to let God use me today, then when will I let him use me? If I am not going to break through today, then when will I break through? If I am not going to let God touch me today, then when will he touch me? The question is when. If not now, then when? If not today, if not in this hour, and not in this moment, then when? Do you have a plan? Have you set the the date? Or are you waiting for something else to come to pass or something else to change? Because all we have is today. And so I ask you, if not today, then when? If not now, then when? If not at this place and in this moment, then where and when? Maybe you aren't where you wish you were in life. Maybe you've had some setbacks Maybe nothing has gone according to your plans. Maybe life has just not been that great for you. And maybe you're saying, once I get back up, and once I get everything back together, and once I have some things figured out, then I'll begin to live for Christ. Then I'll do what I'm supposed to do. Then I'll commit. Then I'll obey. Then I'll be a sold out Christian. Then I'll be faithful. Then I'll start praying. But what if then doesn't come? What if tomorrow doesn't come? What if things don't get better? What if all you have is today? What if all you have is right now in this moment, this time and place? Then what? Well, you wasted today. You didn't act today. You didn't use your today. You threw away today. What we must understand is that where we're at right now is where we're at. Maybe it's not great, but that's where we're at. Maybe it's not beautiful, but that's where we're at. That's where you're at. Look around, church. That is where you're at. And so I must ask you today, if you want a change in your life, if you want something more, if you want something different, if not here, then where? If not now, then when? Why not today? What we must understand is that Jesus is returning very soon. And no matter if we get on fire for him or not, he's coming soon. No matter if we start living for God or not, he's coming. No matter if we have revival here or not, Jesus is still coming back very soon. Even if we don't bring one more person to church with us, Jesus is coming back. Even if we don't have any more visitors in our church anymore, Jesus is coming back. Even if no more are are, are baptized or set free or delivered, Jesus is coming back. But even though our time is short and our time is limited, there are a lot of people who still need to hear the message of the cross. There are still people who need to be set free. There are desperate people, even in our city, who don't know who to turn to. Broken people in our town that hide their brokenness and pain behind a smile and a cheesy joke, but they're waiting for someone to go up to them and ask them, will you come to church with me? Will you sit beside me in church? Will you come worship with me at church this Sunday? We have a town of people who still need to hear the gospel message and, and feel the presence of Jesus. And, and so I asked the church this morning, are you willing to win a soul? Are you willing to invest in one lost, broken person? Are you willing to knock on your neighbor's door? For Jesus is coming back. Whether we win them or not, Jesus is coming back. Whether we witness to them or not, Jesus is coming back. Whether we win any more souls to God, whether we fill any more seats in this place or not, Jesus is coming back. For we're in the last days and our time is short. Our time is limited. But is there anybody willing to win a lost soul in the last days? Maybe you say, well, one day, One day I hope to win a soul to God. One day I hope to be used by God. But I ask you, if not now, then when? If not today, then when? If not here, then where? If not you, then who? What we must understand is that we can have as big of a move of God as we want. We can have as much deliverance as we want. We can have as much healing in our services as we want. We can have as many people in our church as we want. It's up to us. If we really desired it, we would have it. If we really wanted it, we would go out and get it. If we really wanted to see it, we would go out and make it happen. See, revival happens when at least one individual is not content on having church without it. Revival happens when at least one person gets fired up enough to bring somebody with them to church every time he or she comes. Revival happens when at least one person decides that they're going to pray and they're going to fast and they're not going to stop until they see revival. Revival happens when at least one person realizes that they can make a difference. Revival happens when at least one person realizes that revival starts with them. One person can open the door to revival. One person who will let God use them can open the door to a citywide revival. One person who will go out of their way and not wait for everyone else to catch the burden and catch the fire, but instead go out and be an instrument for the Lord and go talk to people and go invite people and go bless some people in the name of Jesus Christ. That's what will bring revival. You say, I want to see revival. But I ask you, if not now, then when? If not here, then where? What we must understand this morning is that God is big enough to do anything. God is big enough to do anything. But more than that, it's his desire to do it. I said it's his desire to do it. In other words, he's going to move somewhere, church. And if he is going to move somewhere, it might as well be here. If he's going to have his way somewhere, it might as well be here. If he's going to heal anybody, it might as well be in this place. If he's going to touch anybody, if he's going to have revival, if he's going to move anywhere, it might as well be here. I don't want to just hear about it. I'm tired of hearing about it, but I want to see it. I want to see it, church, I've got to see it. I want to feel it, I've got to feel it. From the top of my head down to the lowest part of my toe, I've got to feel it. Church, I want to feel it. If he's gonna move anywhere, why not here? If he's gonna touch anybody, why not in this place? If he's gonna have revival, if he's gonna stir some people up, it might as well be here it might as well be now. It might as well be in us. If God is ever going to use anybody, might as well be you. If God is ever going to set a church on fire to preach to the lost in the last days, it might as well be this church. If God is going to use anybody in 2022, it might as well be you and you and you. God wants to use you. God is calling you. God wants to move in you. You say, Pastor, why don't you want to hear about it anymore? You said you didn't want to hear about it. You're tired of just hearing about it. Are you jealous of what's going on in other churches? Do you wish it was happening here in your city, in your church? Yes, church, I'm jealous. Oh, I'm thankful that God can move in so many places and and in so many ways. And and I'm thankful that the, the apostolic truth of Jesus Christ is all around the world today. But I'm jealous for my own move of God. I'm jealous for some deliverance. I'm jealous for some healing. I'm jealous for an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. I'm jealous for revival in the city of Russellville holy ghost revival church i'm jealous for my own move of god and so i asked the church today if we're gonna see a move of god why not now why not in this place i was in a service a few years back it was a friday night revival service they were having services all throughout the week and There was a man in a wheelchair at the very front of the church. He was so close that his wheels were against the platform. And he was up there during the worship service and nobody thought much of it because many others were also crowding the front as they were worshiping and singing. But then when the the praise and worship was over and they dismissed everyone back to their seats man in the wheelchair didn't move he was just sitting up there as close as he could be nobody knew who he was with or who had brought him or why he was even up there still and apparently because he was in a wheelchair some of the ushers thought well maybe he's just not able to get himself back to his seat and so one of the ushers rolled him back to his seat and the service continued, and, and, and the preacher started preaching, and it must have been about 10 or 15 minutes after they had rolled that man back to his pew, that this man in his wheelchair began to roll himself back up to the front of the church, again to where his wheels were up against the platform. And despite it causing a distraction while the preacher was preaching, the preacher just continued to preach. And Probably for about 30 minutes or so, the preacher went on with his message and the man in the wheelchair just watched from the closest seat in the house, right up there against the platform. Nobody knew who he was. Nobody knew why he had come back. He was a visitor. Nobody knew who he was, but he was just sitting up there, the best seat in the house. And finally, the service was coming to a close. And the musicians and the singers were coming back. And this was one of those churches that always have an altar call and a a good altar service after the message. And and so people would come up to the front and pray and worship and, and that sort of thing. And finally, the preacher had come down to the man in the wheelchair. And the next thing we all see is the preacher bends down and he picks up this man. And the man is just leaning upon his shoulders, The preacher is holding him up, and then the preacher begins to walk from one side of the church to the other while holding this man up. Evidently, the preacher understood why the man in the wheelchair was there that night and why he had rolled himself back up to the front, for he couldn't walk. He needed a wheelchair to get around, but he didn't want the wheelchair anymore. He wanted to walk. And so for the next 15 minutes or so, as the altar service continued and many others were praying and worshiping, the preacher was practically dragging this man whose legs didn't work from one side of the church to the other. From one side of the church to the other, they just kept going. The preacher kept moving. And before we knew it, there were three other men trying to hold this man up whose legs didn't work, but wanted to walk and wanted God to heal him. And so they kept going from one side of the church to the other. In faith, they kept moving. They were all praying. And then slowly it began to happen. It was a struggle at first as they kept moving from one side of the church to the other. It looked as if the man had begun to gain some strength in his legs, some strength that wasn't there before. And then two men backed off. And and then a third man backed off. And then it was just the preacher again. But now the man who was in the wheelchair was doing most of the walking from one side of the church to the other. The man had begun to take some steps without the help of others. And then without the help of anybody else, the man was walking on his own from one side of the church to the other. The man was using the strength, the the own strength, in his own legs. Church, let me tell you what happened that night. The man walked out of the church. He arrived in a wheelchair, but he left walking. He left walking on his own. I saw it happen with my own eyes in Stockton, California on a Friday evening revival service. And you know what that man must have asked himself before he showed up to that revival service that night he must have asked himself if not now then when if I don't receive it tonight if I don't receive my healing if I don't receive my miracle if not tonight then when if not here then where the man came with the belief that God was gonna move and if he was gonna move it might as well be in me if God is gonna heal anybody in this service it might as well be me and so don't mind if I get as close as I can to the platform and when you take me back I'm gonna roll myself back up to the front because I've come with some expectation I've come with some hunger I've come with a belief that God is gonna move and it might as well be in me Church, why don't you make up your mind this morning? If God is going to use somebody, it might as well be me. If God is going to touch anybody, why don't it be me? If God is going to set anybody free, why not me? Don't wait, but make up your mind today. Today is what you've got. All you've got is today. So seek him today. Find him today. Pray through today. Get on fire today. Today is what you've got, church. All you've got is today. Thank you for joining us today. Be sure to subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. For more information about Pursuit, visit PursuitChurchAR.com.